All right, Joe, we are back on the podcast where we are training men in spiritual fitness. And uh, you ready this morning showed up with complete focus this morning, Joe? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I'm focused on uh, finishing Friday, you know, so okay. um, <laughs> I probably don't have like the, the wider horizon on my mind. But man, at least it's almost Saturday. The, uh, for guys that are following along with us, you know, we're just starting off a new challenge for guys called the Focus 40. And we're trying to help guys uh, with this idea of focus and um, especially helping guys with distractions, managing the distractions in their lives. And uh, so we started talking about that some last week. We're going to do six episodes total here in this series on the disciplines of a focused mind. Uh, to help guys understand what does it look like to begin to be the kind of guy who does have that focus on scripture and on meditative practices and things like that. Because guys are, we know, um, distracted. Uh, I heard a stat last week, actually, Joe, that um, guys, just this kind of proves how how difficult it is for men because we're just so distracted and so overwhelmed. Every day, guys are asked to make 30,000 decisions. Can you believe that? You have to make 30,000 decisions a day, approximately. And you think about that, it's like, man, how do we focus on anything when we are always being pulled in, in different directions and have decisions to make and all kinds of things that are stealing our attention? This is a difficult task for men, so, uh, but this is important. That's why we're doing this, is we want men to be able to, in the midst of life, um, find uh, ways to put Christ first to be those kind of guys. So um, last week, we kind of started off this uh, progressive talk through the disciplines of a focused mind by talking about everyone's favorite thing, and that's memorization and uh, how men need to be able to uh, set time aside to really focus in such a way that you're uh, wanting to memorize. Um, but this, we kind of want to take that a step further now this week uh, because there is a danger with memorization where memorization can become a bit of an academic sport right? Where all we do is just memorize for the sake of looking cool and reciting stuff. Uh, so we want to take it to that next step of what does it look beyond that? And that's to understanding. So our second discipline of a focused mind would be understanding. What is it that brought you to this point, Joe, to say, okay, we got to move past memorization and towards understanding? We all know rote knowledge is honestly useless. Um, there's been a lot of recovery of the idea of a catechism in recent years, and the idea of you know using catechisms, say for children, you know, to learn the fundamentals of faith. And uh, with a catechism, often you're teaching kids um, <laughs> concepts that they don't even have the ability yet to understand. So they're they're memorizing some question and answer that's about justification, and they they, they don't know what that means. Um, now it's good to have that in their mind, but if they never stop to think about it, like there's got to be an age where they actually start to think about what they've memorized. If they don't do that, other they just kind of become a machine. You know, they can they can list off an answer, but it doesn't have any imprint. It doesn't have any um, impression upon them. And the same is true for us. Um, so you know, you can. It's feasible to memorize a verse and get nothing from it. Like that's possible. Um, and we've all done things like that. And so. This is where it's great. What memorization does is it forces you to pay attention, but then that attention has got to be translated into something else. You know, you've got to actually begin to process that information. So this is us moving beyond just putting stuff in your mind to now actually, you know, to kind of shift the metaphor to kind of begin to digest it so you can actually be nourished by it. And that's what understanding it takes us another step in that direction. 
All right. So as we talk about understanding it, uh, I want to make this real practical for some guys because here's where I'm at. Um, I, Joe, I've read a lot of books, um, but I would say I understood like a fraction of them, <laughs> if I'm honest, right? Uh, so there is something I think uh, guys can identify with that, that man, maybe you are the kind of guy that's read uh, books, even done a quiet time in the morning, whatever that looks like. Um, but the difference between I read a book and I understood it, or I can um, talk about it is, man, there, there's a huge difference. There's a different way of even uh, approaching that. So I think that's somewhat where we're headed with this idea of understanding the difference between maybe just passively reading something, even memorizing it to the point of understanding it in such a way where you can talk about it. Um, but the question for all guys then is, how do we get there? Okay. How do we get from, uh, I read a book to, I understood it. How do I get from, I read my Bible this morning to I'm beginning to understand it. What's, what's our first step in that path? Yeah. And well, even, even before we get that first step, I want guys to know that um, the mind has been built. God's designed it to be like a sieve mm. for things to pass through it. Like, that's a good thing. When, when you mentioned the number of decisions that you make, well, equally the number of bits of data that we're confronted with every moment, you know, it's, it's, it's in the billions. And so if our mind had to understand and process everything it engaged, we couldn't do anything. We'd be paralyzed. And so yeah. like, you know, the idea is just, you know, there's constantly information just passing through our mind. The question is, we need some kind of net that catches things that are important. And actually, we take the time because we also have the ability to understand and to uh, process and to change our perspective through understanding. Mm. And so, you know, don't be surprised if this is hard. Um, we're not supposed to retain everything. But we want to figure out as men the things that are so important, they're worth understanding. And so now we step into the how question. Well, how do you begin to do that? And I think the first thing that guys need to really begin to detect is when it comes to that important stuff. So the stuff, for example, the truth of the Bible. Hmm. We want to detect whenever there's some something that's vague, something that is there, but we can't see it clearly. Um, one of the things that is a huge liability spiritually is a kind of comfort or a willingness just to get the gist mm. of something. And so, okay, I get the gist of 1 Corinthians 13. It's about love. That, that does nothing for you, right? Paul's got a whole lot he wants to tell us about love. And so we need to go from that phase where you think of your eyes, if they're not focused and everything's just blurry yeah. versus when you begin to focus and, and things suddenly begin to get crisp and clear. And that's what we want with understanding. But that all begins with being able to, to begin to think, okay, well, what is vague? What don't I understand? So every week I hear a pastor talking about redemption. I've never thought about that word. You know, if someone asked me to define redemption and say, how is it different from salvation? What's specific about the word redemption? What does it mean? And so to begin to get clarity about whether it's a word or whether it's a doctrine, whether it's a story. Um, but whatever just kind of blurs and becomes merged into just one big undistinguished scene, we want to break it into its parts. We want to get past that vagueness. I think we're kind of asking a lot of guys in the sense that uh, some of what I hear you saying is that guys are ultimately going to have to hear something or read something and then say, I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> like to admit, wait, I don't understand. Like the... There's a lot of pride, I think, wrapped up in all of us guys, especially I'd say men that have 
been Christians for a while, maybe grew up in the church, maybe even have some great disciplines and habits, uh, we get so wrapped up in, well, I already know. Yeah. First Corinthians 13. That's the love chapter. That's, that's fine. That, and there's, we're okay with the vagueness almost. We, we've been, become comfortable in the vagueness because pushing past that means admitting, I don't understand. And, and having to say, wait, uh, there may be something here more that about me, I, d I don't know. And I haven't pressed into it. Uh, so I think some of this may be just that posture of humility uh, comes along with this this first step of if you want to identify the vagueness, uh, you've got to be humble enough to, to say, wait, maybe uh, I'm reading this in such a way uh, where there is something that I don't understand and I need to press into that. Uh, yeah. All right. So if guys ident can identify the vagueness and something that they're reading, what would you say is kind of that that second way to improve their understanding? The second way is really just the follow-up to the first thing that was said. And, and that is the second thing, guys need to then search for clarity. Um, so this is where, you know, you actually have to, uh, you know, begin to look for answers or for information that's not in your head. Um, you know, it, it would be hard enough, honestly, that we resist just pausing to reflect. And that in its own um, right is something that's really good and that will deepen um, our understanding. The problem is, you know, if if you're looking um, for a book um, and if it's not on your shelf, it's not on your shelf. <laughs> you, know, you can't look on your shelf all you want. You're never going to find it. And there are all kinds of, you know, bits of information that you can sit there and meditate all you want, but you need actual, you know, insight that's provided outside yourself. Hmm. And so this clarity, when you're moving toward clarity, this is where guys have to actually be willing, if there's a word, to look it up. You know, first of all, to look up the English word and just to find out what it means. But then, you know, often it's going to be rooted in something in the Bible that's a Greek word or something. And so, you know, you might have to do a little search on the Internet or uh, you might have to have a couple of books at home that help you with your Bible study. And I think what guys need to realize is that the great barrier to all of this is going to be the fact that it does. We talk about this a lot, but it, it's going to actually take effort. Yeah. Um, yeah. When it comes to the mind, we need to be aware it it uses a lot of a lot of energy yeah. and in the same way that you know we don't like often to um you know walk uphill mm. we much prefer to walk on a flat plane or downhill that as soon as you're talking about stopping you notice something that's vague now you're looking for an answer all of that takes a lot of energy and that's what we resist we don't want to put forth the effort required to get the understanding but this whether there's no there's no um alternative and it's not enough if there are two guys and one guy just listens to podcasts, which is, again, that's a low energy thing. Yeah. Two guys are talking. They've got all the information, but he's just sitting. He's walking. He's not actually going to retain all that information. There's something about the exertion of going and doing the work yourself with, say, Bible study, that the end result is that you actually get clarity that you retain that's different from listening to other people talk about their knowledge. And so if guys want this clarity, it's going to actually require um, putting forth that effort to do some study, maybe learning some old techniques of Bible study, what Christians did, you know, uh, a generation or two before and beginning to implement some of this in their own uh, spiritual practices. This reminds me a little bit of uh, something I heard. I can't remember the name of the author, honestly, but uh, but he said he was talking about distraction and focus. And he said the antidote to distraction is forethought. And what he meant by that is uh, he was trying to present an fighting distraction in such a way that you provide yourself with tools ahead of time to be prepared 
for that distraction. So he, you know, had kind of a plan for creating, you know, a calendar for your day, that, that, that kind of stuff. But I think the same principle applies here. The antidote to the distraction men are facing, even in their Bible time and the clarity that they lack is forethought in the sense that they need tools around them as they're reading. Just the simple act of having a pen or a pencil in your hand, that kind of forethought, we're not talking about, you know, doesn't have to be huge, but just a pencil or a pen in your hand as you read is a huge tool to begin to gain clarity. And yeah, man, if you've got a you know, Bible dictionary or whatever else on your bookshelf, the forethought of having those kind of things on your shelf, the, the, the thought of having the kind of tools at your disposal for gaining clarity, those are the kind of men we're going to have to be if we want to fight fat past just the vagueness and just getting the gist uh, of uh, a passage. Um, those are that's what men of focus do is they have the tools necessary to begin to fight for that clarity that's needed. Uh, so it's a little, yeah, it's a little higher bar. It does take a little more effort. It takes forethought. It takes planning. It takes you know, uh, yeah, a lot of effort. But that's I don't know any other way through focus. So this is how it is. Uh, good. Yeah, and I'll you know I'll just give guys a practical example. I think something like when Jesus talks about what sometimes uh, translate as the the Comforter or as the Advocate, mm -hmm. talking about the Holy Spirit who's going to come. You know. What does that mean? You know, yeah. Jesus is saying that I'm not going to leave you as orphans, that you're going to be better off when I'm away. You're thinking, how on earth is that possible? He's then using a specific term, you know, for the, for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Now, how on earth can we live our Christian lives without being interested in trying to get clarity for what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives? Mm. I mean, if we've been Christians for any length of time and we've not wrestled through what it means that this word, the paraclete, what the relevance of that is, well, this is what Jesus is telling us that is going to be, you know, transforming our lives and reminding us of the things he said. So that would just be an example of something that's too important, that we can't have a focused Christian life if we're still ignorant of the mm. basic um, works and ministries of the Holy Spirit. And so that would be that would be an example for guys of something that's really worth going out and doing some study and getting some clarity about. Well, you've given me a uh, project for the day. I appreciate you adding to my to-do list. That's uh, that's good. That's good. Thank you. Focus, right? Focus. <laughs> Focus. <laughs> All right. So, so you've told guys they need to detect vagueness. They need to search for clarity in order to find focus. What else? Ultimately, what we want is not lots of little bits of discrete, separated, um, independent bits of information. Um, what we're after as men with a focused life is we want truth to begin to converge and be connected such that we begin to get a perspective, that we look out on the world and somehow how we view our life is shaped by what we're reading in the Bible, what we're uh, learning about theology. And a part of the way the mind works, this is connected with just the mind itself, is that we retain ideas that we connect. It's just what the brain does. And so what we want to be doing is Let's say, you know, there's there's something um, um, that we stumble upon, and maybe it's something like redemption. And so we're thinking about redemption for the first time. Now, we don't just want to isolate that. We want to actually try to be able to connect it with other things, to deepen our understanding, um, to translate understanding into perspective. And so, you know, this might be all of a sudden connecting it, okay, salvation that we start to realize, well, there's several ways I need to understand what Jesus has done. That, you know, the Bible talks about us being justified. That's the language of a law court. 
It also talks about redemption. That's the language of slavery and being bought out of slavery. And so, you know, we're starting to develop a much bigger perspective of what it means that Jesus died, that we've been purchased or that we've been forgiven. And so we're connecting different ideas. And as we do that, all of a sudden, these are ideas that we're going to retain. We're going to start to see relevance for everyday life. We're going to realize that um, part of why um, I'm free is because I'm no longer a slave of sin. You know, I've been purchased out of such slavery through Jesus. And so again, there's all kinds of ways, but we want to take truth. We want to make as many connections as possible. We want to be thinking about application. How do you take this and translate it into everyday practice? And as we do all of this, that understanding, it's going to actually affect how we live. And that's what we're after in terms of a focused life. Yeah, I, I kind of get a picture of the kind of guy you're describing here because uh, I've seen him, I've experienced him in conversation. You know, it's that guy when you when something comes up, he's like, oh, yeah, it's like what I read in such and such book or what it says in such and such scripture. And, uh, you know, he's making these connections immediately just through conversation. He kind of has a worldview that's that's been shaped by what he's read and Joe, I hate those guys. Those are, man, <laughs> it's, je it's jealousy. It's what, you know, that's like, gosh, I wish I was that kind of guy. The kind of guy you're, you're presenting here is, uh, yeah, that's a model. I'd love to be the kind of guy who sees and experiences things in the world, has already made connections in his mind to, because he's understood the text he's read in such a way that's created a worldview that for which he lives by and for which he can talk to others about. Uh, so I love the the idea you pitched here, but uh, I, it is, uh, I, I feel like at times far from me. And let me, if I can, push back a little bit on some of what you're presenting here, because I can hear guys saying, hold on, hold on, Joe, like, is this just Bible school? I think what you've just outlined here is like, this sounds like school. You, It sounds like you're trying to put me back into school. It sounds like, is this really something that's practical for ordinary Christian men? And I would just say life is Bible school. Uh, life is growing up, you know, using the Bible as our text book. And, um, you know, as we're reading it through it, uh, this is where, you know, part of the problem with the 21st century is all the work's been done already, you know? And I think, uh, I think we've talked about this before, but it's like, the, I've got an ESV study Bible next to me. It's wonderful. It's got everything. Somebody's done all the work. I never have to do any work. Everything I'll ever need to know is already there. You know, there's that kind of mentality, but the problem is it's not mine. Yeah. I'd much rather have, you know, one of these old Bibles with stuff written in the margin and, you know, making my own cross references because, you know, that's showing how my mind is coming together and the Lord is unveiling himself. And so, you know, we need to know how to use the tools without the tools replacing the mind and heart that God has given us. And so I would just say, guys, don't try to do everything at once. Yeah. But, you know, if you're in first grade, or if you're in Scotland, if you're in, you know, primary one, be in primary one, yeah. learn a little bit. And the next year be in primary two. And, you know, 10 years down the road, you might actually be in high school. But the idea that we can take slow steps in a direction, getting, you know, pushing past the vagueness, slowly getting clarity, learning some of the disciplines of um, studying the word of God and applying it to our lives. And lo and behold, if we do this 20 years down the road, we're going to be men who have a lot to say to other guys. We're going to be able to disciple and do evangelism. All right. So can you give me an example of this, Joe? Can can you do this? Can you show guys what this looks like? Uh, guys know what it's like to open their Bible and read something, but to fight for understanding. 
model that for some guys. Show them what it looks like. Okay. Um, well, this let's let's do Joe on a bad day and Joe on a good day. Here's Joe on a bad day. Okay. <laughs> my Bible is open to John 17, and today I'm in my devotional, and I got to read John 17. Okay, I'm gonna, you know, put a little tick mark at the end when I'm done. You know, so I'm reading through, uh, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you since you have given him authority over all flesh and on and on and on. One word after another, just passing through my brain. I get to the end of it. I've not seen anything afresh. I can't retain anything that I've read, but I've read my Bible. I move on in my day and there's no transformation. That's 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 a bad day. That's a, a lot of days. I'll be yeah. honest. Yeah. But let's talk about a good day. <laughs> a good day, you know, you get to verse one. You know, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. Okay, the hour has come. What hour? Um, he's not telling time like I tell time. You know, maybe a guy has never thought about what Jesus means by that hour. If if so, that's something that's worth really looking into um, because it's important. Glorify your son. There's not a word uh, more significant in the whole of John's gospel than the word glory. Mm-hmm. Um if we're not stopping to think about what it means for God to be glorified, then we're missing a fundamental message of John's gospel. We're missing, more importantly, one of the the focus, really, of Jesus's ministry. And if you just keep reading verse 3, this phrase, eternal life. I mean, how often do we just read past eternal life? We never ask the really interesting question, what is eternal life? And uh, what's interesting is in, in verse three, we get an answer that no one, no one would typically expect. You know, this is eternal life, that they would know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Knowledge of God being eternal life. What on earth does that mean? Mm. I'll stop there. But the point is that you're just reading along. And when you get to a word, a concept that is deep, you know, you don't just past the surface, you actually stop, you know, you get your sonar out, you try to plummet, you try to, you know, get some understanding of the depth of it. Um, That's all we're talking about. Asking questions, looking for answers, making applications, the stuff that your pastor is going to tell you to be doing all the time (laughs) as he teaches you to read the Bible, but the stuff we fail to implement in our everyday practice. Do you think that this means that by default, guys need to actually read less? in some sense like uh, i i feel like the way you just read that scripture if i tried to read three chapters of scripture a day like that i i doesn't seem achievable for me so what what is i don't know what's the average expectation you think for a guy who's trying to grow and learn i think guys need to uh realize there's going to be different ways of reading the bible good for different ends objectives yes so, you know, for, for one guy, like if you've got a week in the United States, you know, and you spend all your time in one like little part of one city, you're going to miss a lot. And yeah. some guys need to do the grand tour. They need to get through the whole Bible, see the highlights, understand the big story. But the point you got the big story, you know, you also need to start to just sit. And uh, it's like now you go to that one museum in that one um, city, to that one room in the museum, to that one painting, and you look at it long enough to see it. And uh, there's going to be that slow reading as well. And so I would just tell guys, realize none of us have been taught how to read. (laughs) So learn to read better, okay? Not faster. And um, again, there'll be seasons for different time, but you're going to need to have, the Bible talks about meditating and almost just um, 
you know, just saying the word to ourselves day in, day out. And so there's going to have to be the slow reading to balance whatever else you're doing in your quiet time. That's good. Yeah, I think bo both are necessary. Uh, you got to be a guy who reads, first of all. That's a big step for <laughs> for a lot of men. Uh, but then once you are reading, pushing towards understanding uh, and, and making sure you have the tools to do it. Um, so, all right. Anything else you want to share with guys before we close this out and move next week to our, our next phase of a disciplined mind? I'll just tell guys, don't think of this as work. Um, think of this as, this is the, the dessert of life. This is the, the rich stuff. This is thinking on God. This is why he's given us a mind. And so let's not be guys that just think, oh man, I wish I could just sit in front of the TV and watch another football game. Yeah. Um, let's be guys that actually think, man, like, to behold the glory of God, you know? Yeah. That's what we're learning. We've got it. It's going to be hard. We're going to have to develop some skill to do it and learn some ideas. But man, the end result is the height of pleasure. So let's be excited about this. That's it. All right. Well, we'll keep it up. And guys, uh, join us again next week as we're looking. These are kind of progressive. If you notice, guys, these are we're kind of walking you through what does it look like to be a man of focus? And we're looking at the disciplines of a focused mind. And they're going to kind of work progressively through this. So y'all join us again next week as we continue this.